The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome back to the Born Ready to Pod podcast. My name is Chris Cook, and sitting next to me, as always, Jake Light and Eric Hawk. Guys, big NBA preview today. Are you guys looking forward to it? Yes. Couldn't be looking more forward to it. I'm super eager to get to these GM surveys. Got a lot to say about it. Um, we're almost there, boys. Almost to the NBA season. So this is a great opportunity for us to break down what some other uh, GMs think about teams around the league. Absolutely. So, as you just mentioned, the uh, 2018-2019 GM survey just came out. Um, The biggest thing about this is I don't really know why they do the surveys, but it's just interesting to see these guys' takes on all these different topics. There's probably like 50-plus questions that they ask these guys. So, I picked just a few of them. Uh, we're not going to go over every single one of them, but I just picked a few of them that we're going to go over here today. And uh, pretty much in this segment, this first part, I'm going to go over the topic with you and like the top four or five uh, picks that were chosen. And then in the next segment, we'll kind of go over some of the same stuff and you will give me your individual predictions on what you think will happen this year. So no predictions in this segment. Just let me know what your guys' thoughts are of what the GM said. Sound fair enough? Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's get out of All right, first one. Pretty simple. We're going to start off with the top four teams in the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. So we're going to start with the West. So the GMs think that Golden State, Houston, Oklahoma City, and Utah will be the top four teams in the West. I don't know if that's you know how they think it'll be one through four, but those are how they think it'll play on the West. What do you guys think about that? Uh, to the four teams in the West there. Well, there's no Lakers there is the first thing that pops out to me, which is a little surprising. I think Utah last year showed that with another year, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Donovan Mitchell, I can't throw out, forget my boy Joe Ingles there. Utah's a serious competitor, but I think Golden State Houston's the real powerhouses there. I think it's just going to be between these two, so... Everything else is kind of erroneous. It's just a little surprising the Lakers aren't on there. Yeah, I'm very surprised that uh, you know GMs didn't give more love to the LeBron James-led Lakers. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know LeBron voted for himself. Yeah, and exactly, exactly. And anything he touches apparently turns to gold, so I'm shocked they didn't have him in the top four. Also, I'm semi-surprised. I know I'm a little higher on the Portland Trail Blazers than most, but I, I, I just think they have more talent than Utah. Uh, maybe Donovan Mitchell steps up, but... I kinda I'm kinda wishy washy on Utah. Maybe it's cause they're kinda like us. They're not like super sexy in terms of the way they play, but they got some good players, I understand. But uh, I really like Damian Lillard this year, so the thing that sticks out to me there is Oklahoma City. I mean, I think they were the fifth seed last year. Fourth mm-hmm. or fifth. I don't remember. They were one of the two, but uh I just I don't know, I don't view them up there and the top tier of that conference. What do you guys think about that? I mean, they well, Carmelo wasn't a big loss, but like... I, I wouldn't just, consider Portland last year either, and they got the third seed. I feel like it's just going to yeah. come down to one or two of those games. It's going to be I mean, like it's going to be very, so close. It really doesn't matter, especially yeah, like... teams three through through eight are going to be like within half a game of each other yeah. going into the last week. That's what happened last year. So it, it's kind of just a random crapshoot, those, those three on teams. So, yeah. I mean, they got two powerhouse players for sure, and... Uh, Steven Adams is a good defender. I mean, I don't think that – I don't know. It's just hard to say. GMs, yeah. what do they know? Yeah. They don't know anything. Some of them don't, but 
All right, next up, the Eastern Conference top four teams. I think it will go as Boston, Toronto, Philly, and Milwaukee. I think the obvious takeaway from this is no Pacers there. So what do you guys think? I'm total bullshit. Like, you got to have the Pacers in the top four. That's just uh, that's a little biased. They should at least be there with Milwaukee, the GMs. I, I don't know who the Milwaukee GM. He, he's got his group text with a bunch of GMs. and he, He's conniving against the Pacers or something. Please vote for me. Begging for votes. That's the only thing I can see there. I think I'm not going to get on to predictions because we said we wouldn't do that, but I think Pacers should be in that top four. Yeah, I, I just think everyone falls in love with the hot new thing. Obviously, Giannis isn't you know new per se, but he's kind of everyone's like, everyone is expecting him to make a jump, and so obviously there are no players with the sexy name recognition on the Indiana Pacers, obviously, so I could see the Bucks uh, getting a little more love in GM circles, but... I don't even think the Bucks are a top five team. So more to come on predictions, but that's kind of the way I see it. Yeah, I think, I mean, even last year, Scott Agnes, when we talked with him uh, back in July, I believe it was, he said that a lot of people last year were high in Milwaukee and then they finished being, I think, the seventh seed. So once again, going into this year, people are once again high, high on Milwaukee. So we'll see how it plays out. They really didn't make a big splash in free agency this year. They did get a better coach. They upgraded there, but... Time will tell, but I think that, you know. I think the, it's a little just recency bias when they took Boston to seven. Yeah. People kind of saw what they could be, and I don't know, maybe they think they get a new coach on there. They'll take another step. I completely agree, but they, Boston didn't have Kyrie yeah. or Gordon Hayward, and I'm sure, you know, we think GMs aren't the smartest guys, but surely they're smart enough to see that. I mean, yeah. so they weren't able to beat a team that was, you know, down and not out, obviously, but they were definitely down. Um, and so I guess I don't really see that big jump like everybody else, but I guess that's why they play this season. All right, so next up, which player is most likely to have a breakout season this year? So um, I'll give you the percentages for this one because they're kind of, you know, there's a big difference in them. So number one, Jamal Murray had 20% of votes. Brandon Ingram had 10%. Jason Tatum at 10%. And then like five or six guys tied at seven. It was Aaron Gordon, Kyle Kuzma, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Laurie Markkinen, Dewante uh, Murray, I think that's how you say it from the Spurs. I never yeah. really known how to say his name. And Ben Simmons, they're all at 7%. So what do you guys think about those rankings? I think Jamal Murray, that a lot of guys, or a lot of GMs are pretty high on him. Yeah, I don't think Kawhi needs to be on this list. Not sure Ben Simmons either. Breakout, comeback player <laughs> would be, yeah, I don't, GMs are stupid. I mean, I agree with Jamal Murray. Like, he, he can shoot from anywhere. He, he's kind of a, a complete player offensively. And Tatum, Ingram, I mean, you're hoping if you're the you're fans of those teams, those guys are up there. And then Aaron Gordon, I don't I don't see him taking any leaps unless he learns how to shoot a little better, really. He's just an athletic freak. Right, right, now, just, he, he, right now he is only leaping. That's yeah. all he does. And he just got paid, so he really has no incentive So right the now. one I would agree with, I would agree with Murray. And I, I think all these other guys. Ingram, I think, is going to be tough. Ingram's yeah. good, but I don't think he's in the right situation right now. Yeah. Because he has Kuzma, he's got LeBron. I mean, he just... Any any day, I mean, he should be getting minutes, but you don't know how many minutes he's going to play in a game because he's got two guys who are pretty good playing the similar position. Right, take Kawhi out of this. Pick two that become all stars potentially, and Ben Simmons because he's a for sure. Uh, Jason Tatum, Tatum 100%. Um, yeah. I kind of like Chris Tatum. just said um, on the Brandon Ingram type thing. I think you know I don't know if Tatum's in exactly the best spot to be putting up big numbers just because of the team he's playing on. But he is the one person from this list. Obviously, Ben Simmons, okay, and Kawhi. But I, I almost would rather have Jason Tatum over Ben Simmons just because I think he's going to be a little more versatile as he grows up. So, uh, answer your question, two players to make a all you got to pick team. two East guys because uh, yeah, I'm it's gonna, not I, as deep. Jason, Jason Tatum, and I'll go with Laurie Markkinen. Obviously, Markkinen not this year uh, due to injury, but I think he's got a lot of potential moving forward. Do you think Jamal Murray has a chance to make the All-Star team if GMs are this high on him? I don't think so. The West is if he was in the East, it. maybe, yeah. but I, not the Western I Conference. Think there's a player on his own team in you know Nikola Jokic, and I think he's the best player, and he had a hard time. I mean, he's not yeah. even made it yet, so I mean, it's going to be tough for two players from the Nuggets to get on, and I think Jokic is ahead yeah. of him. All right, so next five categories will be position-wise. So we're going to start at point guard all the way up to center. So starting at point guard, this is who they think is the best point guard in the game today. Steph Curry, number one, at 57%. Russell Westbrook, 17%. Kyrie Irving, 10 And Chris Paul at 10 What do you guys think? 
Um, if it was me, I'd have Kyrie. Uh, I kind of like it. I mean, I think Steph's there just purely because of how good he can pass and how good he can shoot, and that's those are things you want your point guard to do. <laughs> and he's well. a three-time champion. Russell Westbrook, you, I, you you almost can't put him second or anything but second because right. averaging the triple doubles twice. I mean, he just does everything. And then I, I don't hate Kyrie there, and I think Chris Paul is just that veteran that's always going to get votes, and he's clearly still a great player. So Yeah, I, I'm going to kind of go a little bit off the reservation. I definitely think that Damian Lillard is a top four point guard in the NBA. Um, I would probably – I realize that he is great. Uh, he's one of the all-time greats at point guard, even though he doesn't you know, have a lot of playoff uh, wins under yeah. his belt. But I think right now I'd have Damian Lillard over Chris Paul. And quite frankly, I think I would have him over Kyrie Irving in terms of just being like a safer bet to play. I think obviously when they're both playing at their max potential, all health, everything, I'd rather have Kyrie. But I think Lillard doesn't get the respect he deserves. Yeah, and – he just probably doesn't get the votes in the GM's eyes because, I mean, in the East, you're going to vote for guys you see in the East a lot. Yeah. And Portland kind of always gets forgot about in the national media yeah. especially. So for sure. I, I don't know who you'd take off that list. I think he's right up there for yeah. sure. I think he's maybe right off the end of it. And then who would you put right after Damian Lillard? No, disrespected off this list. <clears throat> Darren Collison, uh, maybe? No. <laughs> Darren Collison, uh, maybe not so much. Honestly, the way he played at the end of last year, Drew Holiday. Yeah. I mean, defensively, uh, especially. Yeah. They considered him more of a shooting guy now, get, though. I yeah. guess, but I, I mean, they also have, they've also voted Steph Curry as one of the top four shooting guards, and he was the yeah. top point guard. So it's just kind of a, a jumbled up mess. I guess Ben Simmons, too. I mean, yeah. he's the point guard. Mm-hmm. I mean, so maybe Ben Simmons, but I mean, that's. I definitely think Lillard should be on the list, and I guess Ben Simmons would be the next guy for me that got left off. Yep. All right. Next up, shooting guard. So Steph Curry actually got lumped into this one. I don't know how, but uh, James Harden finished first. He was at 73%, Clay Thompson at 10%, and then Steph Curry received 7%. Thoughts? Hmm. No Depot. He yeah. pre- he got a few votes, but he didn't have a. If people are voting for Steph Curry, like that makes sense. Clay's done it a little longer. I think Victor had a better season last year. I think I Victor think, can do more, honestly. Yeah, I think Victor, in my eyes, going into next year, he would be number two on this list. And some of these, like they put multiple players, like a diff- like the same player at multiple yeah. positions. Like Steph Curry is not going to play. Sh- he's a shooter, but he's not going to play shooting guard. Right. GMs don't know what they're doing. I know like, that's yeah. pretty apparent from this. Well, and then I think. Um, the- there, there's some guys missing, too. I mean, Bradley Beal's pretty freaking good, too. I mean, yeah. I know he's got some injuries. If we're going to lump Drew Holiday in that mix, too. I, I honestly, this is no pacer bias here. Uh, maybe a little bit of pacer bias. But I think Victor Oladipo can do more. And he has done more than Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson gets to stand out there and let other people kind of create for him. Now, he's really good at what he does. And he probably, if he was the only guy in Golden State, I, I mean, he would be fine. Maybe he would be able to do what Oladipo does. But I've seen Victor Oladipo take over games, drive by people, get three-pointers off, and defend, you know, really good players. So uh, I would have Oladipo as, as the second-best shooting guard in the league. Yeah. So, All right, next up we have best small forward. I think this one's going to be, you know, a pretty good one because considering the depth they have at that position in the NBA. Number one, I think you could guess – LeBron James, 57%. What? Kevin Durant at 40%, and Giannis at 3%. Pretty big drop-off there. I'm not Pretty a big, big math guy, but that's what it looks like to me. Thoughts? We, first off, I think we can all probably agree on this one, right? Yeah. LeBron, Who do you think's been left off? Uh, I get The only player I could see because they're Kawhi. obsessed with him is Kawhi. Yeah. Um, but, again, I don't see how you think... I don't. I guess I don't see how you how people think Toronto is going to make this big jump and how they had such a great off season, and then in the same breath not have Kawhi on this list. I guess. Yeah. Like they. I mean, so they think Toronto, he's got to be the next one receiving votes, right? 1%. Yeah, I think, and then also he had the biggest. He had the biggest drop off from the year before. Too, yeah. So. so I, I personally, I like those three. I think that's the top three. I would take every single one of those guys over Kawhi personally. Yeah, I think just missing a whole year, like that's gonna hurt you in all these. Not that it, it quite doesn't give a shit about this, but I'm just saying, like, if you miss a whole year, GMs traditionally, like, I think at the NBA, like, you miss a whole season. 
Like he yeah. might not always come back. It is Kawhi. We're all expecting him to come back, but I think maybe that has something to do with it too. Obviously. Yeah, some of us. I mean, I I just want to see it. I'm just not sure. He doesn't have his big contract yet. All of a sudden, he's in Toronto, different culture, new coach. I'm not exactly. I mean, Kyle Lowry has been a guy that uh, has been very tough to play with, and it worked out with DeMar DeRozan because they were literally like best friends. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, Kawhi. No, Kawhi's. You know, doesn't talk a lot, but I, I, I can just envision there being a problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Next up, and this one's going to probably – this one's stupid. Power forward, best power forward. Anthony, and it's not stupid because of the rankings. It's just stupid how they voted on it. Anthony Davis is number one, 37%. Next up, LeBron James at 33 Kevin Durant at 17 Giannis at 10 So there's your three top small forwards. And LaMarcus Aldridge at 3%. Thoughts? <laughs> Well, I mean, some of these guys show up on the center category next, so this is just a cluster, you know what, of what's going on. So I I don't disagree totally, but at the same time, it's like there's no set positions in the NBA anymore, so this is just kind of silly. Yeah. Really dumb. I mean, technically, I guess LeBron could be one of the best point guards in the league, too. But, I mean, I think Anthony Davis is the top power forward is fair. Although I guess he'd be playing center this year without DeMarcus Cousins, and he shows up here in a second anyway. But, I mean, I think maybe they should give these guys some guidelines uh, as to how, you know, what positions they, you know, certain guys need to go to because this is kind of ridiculous. I wish they'd rank the worst at his position. I think that would be more fun to talk yeah, about. Exactly. <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, next up, center. You kind of just alluded to it. Anthony Davis takes – he got more votes as a center than he did as a power forward. He got 40% of the votes at the center position. Joel Embiid at 33, and then Carl Anthony Towns at 7%. I think we can all agree. Can you think of another center? Absolutely, I can. Jokic. Okay. And then also I, I would go Rudy Gobert as well. I think he's got to at least yeah. get some freaking votes. I mean, Carl Anthony, Carl Anthony Towns, sure, Embiid, you see it, but he hasn't done it for a very long period of time. I, I mean, I guess if I was starting a franchise, I guess I would take those three over Jokic, but... Yeah. The thing about Embiid last year is conditioning at the end of the year just looked terrible. Like, yeah. he couldn't be on the court for very long in some of those series, and that's I think that's hurts him, but he, GM's level. I'm not sold on Embiid. I know he's a dominant player. I know he's he's good, but I think his conditioning's going to come up to him. Right. Unless, I mean, he's going to get better. And if he's going to shoot 30% from three, I'm going to let him shoot all day. That's, right. That's, oh, yeah. That's fair. Next up, we're done with the positions category. We're moving on to some more, uh, you know, other topics that don't involve players, but specifically teams. So this one is who had the best offseason. Number one, 70% of GMs voted for the Lakers. Number two, Toronto Raptors at 20%. And then that was the cream of the crop there. The Pacers actually received some votes on that. I think they were third or fourth. So what do you guys think about that? Um, I've gone on record saying that I don't think Toronto's improved nearly as much as everybody else. I mean, DeMar DeRozan is an all-star. And he was beloved in Toronto. He played hard every game. Uh, I I mean, he got better defensively. Um, he was a star in Toronto, you know, considering what they've had in their franchise's history. So, um, I guess Kawhi comes in, he's better. I'm acknowledging that, but I don't think he's like exponentially so much better that he just makes him like a bona fide one or two seed in the East. I mean, I, I really think the Pacers improved more than Toronto. Yeah. I think it's a star power driven league. So the, cause you got to think all these Phil guys, you can throw in Phil guys, but the dominant players, the all-stars, the guys that have traditionally done it, they've been all-NBA type guys, those are the guys that change the game Like at the end. Like in the playoffs it counts, the star power counts. So I think they got better and they upgraded their best player, in my opinion. And if he doesn't fake an injury, I think Toronto's going to be really good. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But the Lakers obviously win this. You get LeBron James. Oh, yeah. If you sign him to a five-year deal, that's huge as well. So... I mean, the Pacers received votes, but they didn't get LeBron James. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, next up. This one I just thought it was interesting. Uh, who was the most underrated player acquisition? And Tyreek Evans, I believe he was number one. He finished with 13%. So a lot of people like that signing by the Pacers there. Hello. Bringing in Tyreek on a one-year deal after his season last year. Yeah, the future six-man of the year potentially. I'm not going to ruin any <laughs> future picks, but definitely uh, underrated. 
He's kind of after, you know, the first wave of big names signed, too, I think, and he kind of one of those guys that waited a while. So I think that kind of is under why it's underrated as well. Me likey Tyreek Evans. <laughs> Me likey. Um, yeah, I love it. Um, I do think he was pretty underrated. Obviously, he was not the best acquisition, a la LeBron, uh, but he was definitely up there. And if he does for a second, you know what we think he could? I think this is a great call here uh, by the GMs of the NBA. And we, we don't say that enough, I don't think, you know, because we've been bashing them pretty hardcore. Exactly. From what we saw from the fan jam, too, I think McDermott could be right up there number two on that list. <laughs> McDermott is very, 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 very underrated. underrated. Next up on the list, we have who will win Rookie of the Year. Number one, Luka Doncic. <laughs> I practiced that a lot before we did this. 43%. Marvin Bagley at 17, Wendell Carter at 17, and DeAndre Ayton at 13. So the number one overall pick actually finished one, two, he finished fifth. Uh, no, he finished fourth, sorry. So what do you guys think about who th- these GMs pick for Rookie of the Year? I think it's a kind of a cop-out. I'm surprised they didn't pick Trey Young anywhere on these, these top just because I feel like he's a media darling, kind of, everyone. A lot of hype. Um, so Doncic, he's going to run the show, and I think they're just assuming that he's going to have pieces around him that can make him look better, help him transition. I don't know. I don't think a guy named Marvin's going to win it. And uh, I don't know. Who do you think? Does he, anybody stick out that they left off? Because there's a guy I might have picked that they left off. Who's that? Uh, I can't. I can't spoil it. Oh, but, but it's Kevin Knox. I'll go ahead and spoil it. <laughs> I think he, he rookie of the year is a guy to me that puts up the points, and he does everything stats wise, and he he's better than expected and. The stats are the big thing for me in Rookie of the Year is what I think. Mm, I probably, I, I think Knox is a good pick just because I think he's going to get a lot of playing time and be able to put up some stats early, especially with Chris Dops not, you know, being in the rotation due to injury. But um, I guess I don't mind them going with Luka Doncic. I think is how we're going with the pronunciation. But um, the same reason they like him is the same reason that I'm picking my, you know, most improved player because they think he's going to have the ball in his hands. Um, and he might. I mean, he looks pretty good, but at the same time, he looks kind of out of shape. He's, you know, not oozing with athleticism. Uh, like Marvin Bagley, just because, again, he's playing in Sacramento. Um, and DeAndre Ayton is obviously uh, pretty solid as well. So You look at the guys that won Rookie of the Year last year, the two guys that people were voting on, Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell. Both their teams were in it at the end and, like, playoff teams, and they put up the numbers. So I think it's a guy that's going to be similar. And I think the Knicks have an opportunity to get that eighth spot. I mean, it's not it's not going to be easy. There's going to be a bunch of teams there fighting for that eighth spot. So if he comes on and average says 17 a game and they're securely in the playoffs, I think that's what's going to push them over the edge. And I don't think the Mavericks are going to make the playoffs. Really hate you ruining the, uh, you know, Rookie of the Year predictions later. Thanks for that. Before we move on on this, I got a question. So, do you think that these players, kids, most mo- mostly because of the Rookie of the Year last year, are way too concerned about if they win these awards or not? Because let's say you were in that position. I mean, look back five, ten years. How many Rookie of the Years you can name off the top of your head? Do you think that it really matters? Because they seem like they. I mean, they buy like these hoodies and stuff that says Rookie of the Year. What a rookie is Donovan Mitchell did that last year. So, do you think they care about that too much? Maybe, maybe some of them. I think Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell might have just been ego-driven maniacs. Maybe that contributed to it a little bit, but I don't think they actually care well, at the end of the day. I think they just all want to play hard, and if they win it, great. If not, I don't think they're going to have some petty war like we saw last year. I hope not. Some of these guys, like Marvin Bagley playing in Sacramento, DeAndre Ayton's playing in Phoenix, uh, Trey Young's playing in Atlanta, like, this might be the only thing they're looking forward to is trying to win this. Yeah. You know, I mean, seriously, their teams aren't going to make the playoffs. Um, this is kind of it. It sounds bad. Obviously, they want to play well. They want to win, but this is kind of like the big carrot at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. The thing is with me too is rookie of the years. The players that actually like work out, those are the ones that you typically forget that they won that award. But you can always remember the rookies of the year that haven't their careers have just went down since and Michael uh, Carter Williams and uh, who is he Brogdon Brogdon yeah yeah so I was uh, those are some down years I mean I feel like last year specifically was a great rookie class and I think we're all kind of assuming there's going to be like 10 
to 15 rookies this year that really impact the team. So I think it's going to be another good rookie class. But I think that's just kind of the transition. You'll have a down rookie year, and maybe some guy no one expected will win. Yeah. Maybe that can happen. You just don't know until the season starts. Yeah. All right, next up, best defensive player. So defensive player of the year. Uh, Rudy Gobert got 37% of votes. Kawhi Leonard at 37, so they got a tie there. Draymond at 17, Anthony Davis at 7, Kevin Durant 3%. Thoughts? Mm, really like Rudy Gobert, number one. Uh, 37%, I feel like it's a little too low. Again, we don't know how Kawhi's going to defend this year, um, You know, coming off a year in which he didn't play. Draymond's always going to get votes because it's Draymond. Um, Anthony Davis, sure. Kevin Durant. Really don't know where that's coming from. I see him, you know. I think he led the he, league in blocks. At he's his he's very lazy. And, uh, he's lazy on the defensive end. Blocks, sure, yeah. that's cool. You see him but whining he's about not getting votes for that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, he's because of the team he's on. He's able to guard guys that are like five inches shorter than him. Like, and he's athletic enough to do it. So yeah, Kevin Durant should not be the defensive player of the year. No, I agree. I actually think one guy getting left off uh, is Clay Thompson. I think he shuts guys down on the perimeter. He's a really good defender. So, yeah. again, we're talking you know, possibly three Golden State guys in the top ten in the NBA in defense. But I guess if you got Steph Curry on your team, the other guys better be able to defend. Another guy left off, Drew Holiday, potentially. Ooh, yeah, yeah he's one of my favorites for sure. So I, I don't disagree that Rudy Gobert should win the Defensive Player of the Year. He just won it, and he only played 53 games. So I think if he plays more games and he plays the same, I don't see how he can't win it again. Kawhi second, I think it's kind of an overreaction. I think we've been overreacting to Kawhi if we the GMs have. I don't think he's going to be incentivized to play that hard of defense if he's just playing. If he knows he doesn't want to sign long-term there, I think his first 10 games are key. If they start off hot, I think Kawhi buys all in and he's ready and he's here to prove people wrong. If they start off kind of slow, I think he's just kind of go by the wayside and kind of just he's going to you know shut it down to the playoffs and then maybe work for that contract. It's, it's interesting because mm-hmm. he obviously wants paid and he obviously doesn't want to be disrespected. I actually, one more, I can't believe I'm going to give an IU guy props since I graduated from Purdue, but OG Ananobi is going to be a really good defender as well. I mean, he showed me a lot in the playoffs. Um, he was asked to guard LeBron. Like, hey, rookie, by the way, you go you go guard LeBron. Yeah. Like, I, I was super impressed with him. No one's shutting down LeBron, but he showed me some tendencies where he could be on this what list next year. about Bogdanovich after his defense on LeBron? You're talking about the padlock? Yeah. <laughs> I gave Bogdanovich the the nickname the padlock after list. He had a couple good games guarding LeBron, and I hopefully that's. And by a couple, I think we mean, like, holding him to 30 or something <laughs> like that. He's still going to get his points, but he made it. He made it a lot harder. He did hold him to 47, and uh, he could have scored like 80. So, and, and, I mean, playoff LeBron. No, I'm just kidding. But, no, Bogdan, I mean, he got made fun of, and McMillan got made fun of, but he did a great job on LeBron several games. So, yeah. you screw you, TJ National Lee Media. Or OG Ananobi right now? OG Ananobi, yeah. it's not close. Yeah. Sorry, TJ, <laughs> All right, next up, best coach. Uh, this kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, number one, Brad Stevens. Forty-seven percent. Next up is Greg Popovich at thirty, Dan Tony at seven, and Steve Kerr at seven. Um, I was just a little shocked. I think you know, you look back at you know these coaches. Popovich obviously has the accolades from the past. Um, do you think right now in today's game that Brad Stevens is better than Popovich? At this current time, because that's kind of what I was surprised about is how Stevens had so much, so more many votes than he did. We talked about it earlier all the injuries they had. And yeah. They still made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They were still respected. They still whooped Philadelphia. Out of bounds plays. This guy's a genius. Like they'll get a layup on every out of bounds play. It's ridiculous. He's been that way since Butler. X's and O's wise, and the way he carries himself. I mean, he's he's the cream of the crop right now in the NBA. And. Oh, if you're going to pick one coach in the NBA you want, like yeah. leading your franchise for the next 10 years, it's Brad Stevens And it comes right down now. to Notre win-loss Day. record at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think Boston's going to be there, and he's going to be a good coach. So that's the way it goes. I mean, D'Antoni won it. Kerr won it. It's you got to have a good record recently to win yeah. Coach of the Year. And I don't think, you know, I don't look at this as being like, coach of the year predictions i think they're literally just looking for the best coach um brad stevens obviously he should be up there near the top or probably on top like you guys have been alluding to i mean his out of bounds plays are insane uh i would probably for like a one year or like a one game situation i'd probably take popovich just for experience uh he's one he's won rings uh that's something obviously brad stevens has not done um 
but I would have those two guys quite a bit farther up than everybody else, which is exactly what they've done. I don't really see the D'Antoni thing. He's been doing this for a long time, and he hasn't even... I mean, he's not won a championship, not really been close to winning a championship. I mean, he probably had the second-best team of the NBA last year. He hasn't but, been past the conference finals. Yeah, I mean, it's bad. And Steve Kerr, we really don't know. I mean, Jesus. I mean, give, I, mean I could walk Steve out Kerr's there. The and, biggest cheat yeah, I could literally walk out there and get, you know, 50 to 55 wins just by not even saying a word, being the Golden State Warriors coach. I will so, say, though, he, I feel like he does a great job just handling the personalities and let those guys be themselves. Yeah, and I think those that, guys respond to that. So maybe he's got it all figured out. Maybe yeah. just like being more, I guess, I don't know, just more friendly with your players, and like it just seems like he lets all those guys be themselves. Yeah, like I think he's at, like if you put Popovich in Golden State, I don't think he would work out. So you need a guy like I mean, I we don't really know about Steve Kerr how great of a coach he is, but you put a guy like Steve Kerr, I think he really fits in there. Just as what you just mentioned, just I, I, how many being a player did Steve coach. Kerr win in Chicago? Is it three? I think so. He's coming up on the Phil Jackson number, I feel like. Not too long. A couple years on the road. And then he's got – I think he has one with the Spurs. Yeah. Yeah, so he's got, I think, four as a player. Not sure. Probably have to Google that. Yeah. All right. Not worth it. Yep. I, I, I have to say Quinn Snyder needs to be on this list as well. What he did last year in Utah was amazing, and he's one of those guys that he just doesn't get the same pub as Brad Stevens, but he yeah. does some great things. Same thing with Nate. I feel like Yep. we kind of compare those teams in the East and West. So I think you got to throw Nate in the conversation as well with what he did last year. All right, next up, big one, MVP. LeBron James, number one at 30, Kevin Durant at 27, Anthony Davis at 17, and James Harden at 10%. So what do you guys think? I mean, LeBron's numbers are going to be, I feel like, just as good as they've been, if not better. He's going to be asked to do I – don't, I don't even know if he's going to be asked to do more. I feel like Kuzma can score – Ingram, if, if, if he takes a step, they're going to have guys that can score. It's just how much of the game is he going to take over and take charge. And if he's going to be the leader, the only go-to guy, like just from that standpoint, I think LeBron's the clear-cut favorite. He's probably the clear-cut favorite every year to win this award. But, you know, Russell Westbrook might come in and average another triple-double. You don't know what you're going to get out of, I mean, James Harden's obviously coming off winning it. So it's going to be a tough race again. But I think it's fair to say LeBron's going to win it as a GM. Uh, yeah, I'd have LeBron number one. Uh, Durant, sure, he's up there. Uh, Anthony Davis, I think he's kind of the guy. If he can stay healthy. And, like, it, with him, it's not – it's really not all about, like, just missing games in total. It's, like, the games where he starts out and, like, five minutes in and goes to the locker room and stuff. And he loses a lot of playing time like that. But uh, what are you going to do? Um yeah, I'd have LeBron number one pretty easily. I think he's going to have to step up. I think he's still got a few more years left where he can play at that high level. So he's definitely going to win one more MVP. So why not this year? All right. We'll wrap up. Last one from the survey here is the NBA Finals champion. So first up, no surprise here, we have the Golden State Warriors at 87%, Boston Celtics at 7 and the Houston Rockets at seven, which that doesn't make sense because if you add eighty-seven plus seven plus seven, it's uh, one hundred one. So someone didn't do their math right. Um, the biggest takeaway I have from here, and I mentioned it in a previous episode, was last year Golden State was at a ninety-three percent, so they've dropped actually six percent from the year before, and I feel like we all can say they improved. So what do you guys think about this obvious prediction? Yeah, I'm not surprised. I feel like we've this has been talked about for years now. Like this is what's going to happen. So I'm over it. I agree with them. Let's move on. Pacers could upset them though. Uh, okay, Golden State. Yes, we agree. I would actually have Houston lower, um, which they probably are one percent lower anyway because that would make a hundred. But I would have another team in the East as the third team uh, because no one's beating Golden State. So it's going to be should be Golden State, Boston, and team from the East, and I'm throwing the Pacers hat in the ring. So go. Let's go. Let's get on with it. The one thing I am excited about is we've gotten, what, Cavs and Warriors, how many years has it been? Four years? Uh, we've got it four years. And thank God, because the Cavs aren't going to the finals <laughs> this year. All right, well, that will wrap up our GM survey thoughts. So now we're going to wrap, uh, move on to the next segment. That's going to be predictions. These guys are going to give you their thoughts on who they think will win each of these NBA awards. Also, final standings, NBA champion. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back 
after this. You know, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking us for advice. Uh, Usually it's, you know, how many games will the Pacers win this season? Uh, The truth is, I don't know how many games they're going to win, but if you think you know, you got to go check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. I would only recommend a service to our listeners that's been good to us. So that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Right now, MyBookie is slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern Time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code READY25 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today, that's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, and don't forget to use the promo code READY25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. If you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m., you can get an extra $25 free play by using our promo code READY25. All right, we are back into hell with the GM survey. We're going to give you our predictions on the awards for the NBA season this year. You don't want to miss this, Let's guys. Let's go! Let's get it. Number one, and you, whoever can chime in first, I don't we'll really care. We'll just rotate, because we always have a thing where we just look at each other, and I end just, up just going. So, so we'll I'll start, and then you'll start on the next one, and we'll just go. All right, sounds good. So we're also going to do not just NBA, but we have to wrap it up. Pacers predictions, so specifically for the Pacers team. Let's but go. We'll start with the NBA first. Number one, most improved player. Who you guys got? You just said you were starting. Oh, did I? Okay. <laughs> most improved player in the National Basketball Association in 2018-2019 for me is Miles Turner. I believe in the hot yoga. <laughs> I believe in just the dominance in the paint. I believe this is the year we bring everything together and Neo comes to life. I think this is the year Miles Turner. And if it's not Miles Turner, I got a dark horse. Dacos, and uh, it's Josh Hart. I think he can be L.A.'s Clay Thompson maybe one day. Yeah, that's a good idea. So give me who you think it's going to be and then maybe a dark horse candidate. Yeah, thank you. That was a good idea. Yeah. Um, my most improved player, I'm going to go with Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Mavericks, point guard. Um, here's the thing. It's kind of a catch-22. If Doncic comes in and uh, takes control of the ball, it's probably going to hurt Dennis Smith Jr.'s chances. But uh, just looking through some stats, he averaged 15.2 points a game last year, almost four boards, five assists. And he averaged 15 points, shooting under 40% from the field, and he also shot about 31% from three. So I don't, I, I think he's going to be better. I don't think it's going to get worse, obviously. Um, ball's going to be in his hands. So I actually look for him to be up in the 20s this year um, in terms of points per game. He could easily get six to seven assists. Um, and having another uh, ball handler like Doncic um, is going to I, I pronounce it different every single time but uh, Luca having a different uh, uh, ball handler will be huge for him because he can also play the two guard obviously he's small but he, he can just make plays so I look for his minutes per game to jump up into the 35s from 29 and I, I really look for him to uh, do some things so okay. um, I think that's actually a dark horse as well so yeah. I'm just going to kind of ease out on that. The dark horse is your pick. My, the dark horse like is it. my pick yes. Fair enough Next up, Rookie of the Year. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr., a guy I've been on uh, for the Chicago Bulls. Um, I was unsure how they were going to um, distribute the minutes with those young power forwards, uh, Markinen, Wendell Carter Jr., uh, Bobo Portis, Jabari Parker. There's a bunch of them. Um, but with Markinen getting hurt, I think Wendell Carter Jr. steps up in a big way. Um, he really impressed me at Duke with his post moves, and I think he's going to be a good enough defender to maybe average a block to a block and a half a game. Um, which will be huge for him as well. So he could really make some noise. And that eighth spot in the East is just completely up for grabs. I don't think the Chicago Bulls are ready to take it, but can't count them out quite yet. I'm picking who I think I've heard is the youngest NBA player. I think Kevin Knox, who I, I talk about in the GM survey a little bit. I think 
that he's going to get the opportunity to have free reign at the beginning of the year to just kind of go out there and let it wing. Let's see what you got. See if you can score. He's going to take. He's going to adapt to the game. He's a big body, and he's he's kind of that guy you want to to maybe t- push you guys to the next level with Porzingis coming back. So Kevin Knox for me. I like I like the Knox pick. In my dark horse, Aaron Holiday. Ooh. Just because I'm biased. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's going to play enough minutes, unfortunately. Yeah. But it'd be great if he did. <laughs> it would be great. Uh, all right, next up, sixth man of the year. It's that's it's my turn, isn't it? Yep. Um, I'm just gonna throw Tyreek Evans. We're gonna go. We're gonna continue the Pacers bias, just because Chris sent us a list, and this was not on the list, so I, I was not prepped for this question. Right, but right, Tyreek Evans, second unit, he's gonna average 16.5 points per game, win six man of the year. Really like Tyreek Evans' pick. Um, I'm going Terry Rozier. Um, the only reason I'm going Scary Terry is because I think uh, he's not going to start. He doesn't have to start, and I think the the second units in the East are terrible, giving him a great opportunity to put up some big time points. I think he could close down the stretch. Um, it's kind of scary having Marcus Smart come off the bench as well, um, but I think Terry Rozier has the opportunity to really put some points on the board against these weak second units in the East. Any dark horse picks? Maybe Jamal Crawford signs with a team out of free agency, and, you know, gets <laughs> on a bench. The Jamal Crawford award. I don't know if I. I don't. I don't. Six man of the year is so tough though because there's really only like five to what six about guys Sabonis? that can win. Uh, double digit rebounds and he gets around 10, 12 points a game. Make the argument. I feel like six man of the year is all about like points though. Yeah. Like you know, Lou Williams. You're like okay, throw him Eric in there. Gordon, he's gonna get Lou twenty. Williams, Jamal Crawford, your traditional six man guys. Put yeah, out Will Barton. Sure. All he does is come in yeah. and chuck it up. So I think that's kind of where they're going with it. So I think it'd be tough for Sabonis. All right, next up, Coach of the Year. This is uh, my Pacer bias coming through. Uh, Nate McMillan, um, because the the weird thing with Coach of the Year, unless it's like a record-breaking um, situation, I feel like they give Coach of the Year to like guys that maybe brought their team like farther than they expected. Um, obviously, they expect the Pacers to be you know either the fifth or sixth seed in the East. So obviously, I think they're going to be above that, and thus push him through. My second pick would have been Quinn Snyder, who I absolutely love. I think he's the West Coast version of Brad Stevens, obviously an older version, but I still think he does some great things. Uh, some of his out-of-bounds plays and sideline out-of-bounds plays are great. So, so I'll go name McMillan. Second for me was Quinn Snyder. I'm going to hit the disagree button real quick. Oh no! I'm going to say that uh, it goes traditionally to guys that are in the top two in their division, and I think it's a transitional thing. So Steve Kerr won it when he was seven, 73 and 9. And yep. he could have won it the year before too, but I think they 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 see for voting it. they want him to have a couple years of that top okay. dog. Okay. And then it was Mike D'Antoni when he had a great year. And then last year it was Dwayne Casey in the East. I think they, he deserved it after a while. I think this is the third year you could say Stevens might have deserved it. So I think he will get it this year for that reason. That's I think fair. he'll have a great record as well. I mean, it, I, I, mean I, I agree. I, I don't I think agree. You can, maybe it's 2019 and 2020. Nate, well, maybe it might be Nate's turn. Well, well, I mean, I can't say, oh, freak, Brad Stevens. No, he can't win coach of the year. <laughs> He's the best coach in the NBA. So, sure, coach of the year. I'm totally for that. So Yeah, I just think it's his turn. Yeah. I think it's a, a foregone. I'd put all my money on it if, if I could. All right. Uh, Mike, quick oh. question to Chris. What's that? Okay, is there a better chance of Nate McMillan winning Coach of the Year or Miles Turner winning Most Improved Player, in your mind? That's tough. It is. That's why I asked the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> I'd probably go with uh, Miles Turner. Really? Because okay. the Pacers have how many Most Improved guys? Like, what's a number, franchise history, like five, I think. What's a wins number you'd have to get to to give Coach McMillan Nate? I think 55. Yeah. 55. Which is, is exactly so what anyway. basically saying, do you think Pacers are going to win over 55 games? Possible. Kent Sterling does, uh, I believe. <laughs> so, I, for me, if I was answering, I, I'd say Miles Turner as well. Most okay. Yeah. I like it. I would be tickled to death if either one of those yeah, came true. So. <laughs> well, think of how many good seasons the Pacers have had in the last, you know, 20, 25 years. Who's all one coach there? I know Larry Bird did, but, like, not very many, but we have. ever win coach of the year? Not with the Pacers. He won it with the Pistons. Yeah. Um, but we've won, I think, five or six most improved players. So there's a better chance of us getting that award. Yeah. So, All right, next up, defensive player of the year. Rudy Gobert. He's the best defender in the league, so I'm going to give him the – I mean, he just – the stifle tower. I mean, he goes up. He protects the rim. He doesn't even get into that much foul trouble for a guy that tries to block literally every shot. Um, guys go in, adjust their shots. It's more about what he forces guys not to do, which is just simply get layups. <laughs> and, uh, he, I mean, he, 
opposing centers don't even try to back him down. I just think he's by far and away the best defensive player. So defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. I think for me it's going to be Anthony Davis. He's going to have to take up more space in the lane without Boogie. So I think he's going to do kind of what Gobert did and kind of what Anthony Davis has always done. I mean, there's no secret Anthony Davis is a good defender. So for me it's going to be Anthony Davis, and that will lead into my MVP. I think he will win MVP because of how great his defense is as well. It'll factor in. If, if so I bearing if, the lead there, and I think if Anthony Davis, I said this earlier, it's more about the Knicks and the bruises rather than missing a ton of games. If Anthony Davis can stay healthy, absolutely. I think Anthony Davis has a great shot at winning MVP. Um, the voters don't like to vote for the same guys over and over and over again. Obviously, he has a great opportunity this year if he stays healthy. Uh, my MVP is just going to be LeBron James, which is the biggest cop out ever, but. I always look for like the hot name. Like it always. Did I ask you yet? Well, he mentioned his MVP. Yeah, it's only fair. So I mean, you want to go ahead and ask me now? Well, I will say before we get off defensive player of the year, Anthony Davis has never missed at more games than Rudy Gobert missed last year. That's fair. And he won the award. So yeah. I mean, I think Anthony kind of gets a a bad rep for injuries. He's never missed more than sixty one. He games. just I think he's Fanduel just, man. It's just the little he, things that annoy you. He Fanduel. rails me on Fanduel. It's like, oh, he gets a sprained ankle like three minutes into the game, out for the rest of the game. Yeah. And you're like, I just spent all my money on you, Anthony Davis. What are you doing to me? The Vincent Player of the Year brings up a topic, and right now I'm wearing a Roy Hibbert jersey. The Great Wall of Hibbert. So yes, twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, Mark Gasol won. So did Hibbert get snubbed? That's when he was pretty much in the That's verticality. I don't know. I'd have to go back and check the tape. I don't like to give Roy Herbert any credit for it. So I'm going to say he did not get stumped. All right, next up, MVP. We can finally get into that. What? Who is your MVP for this NBA season? Anthony well, Davis. Oh, I already answered it, which is why I tried to answer mine, Cook, but that's okay. LeBron James, again, cop out. Anthony Davis, same thing I said earlier. Um, LeBron's a hot name. You kind of knew last year James Harden probably was going to win it because he just had hype going into the season. Same thing with Russell Westbrook when Kevin Durant left. Now all the hype is around LeBron going to the super young team. Uh, you know, I'm doing the air quotes because, I mean, they've had a lot of opportunities to get better. Um, and now if they're just like – average in the West. It's going to be the LeBron James show. So my second runner-up, kind of the dark horse, Damian Lillard. Uh, Again, I don't think he gets a lot of credit, and he's going to have to put up a ton of points if Portland's going to have a repeat season. I'm going to, before you get into anything, I think with LeBron, I think he's a solid pick because, I mean, last year, statistically, he was on another level. I think he even had better numbers, uh, if you look deep into the statistics, way better numbers than James Harden did. And, you know, last year he had to literally do everything just to get to the Cavs for the fourth seed, get him back to the NBA Finals, and he still didn't win MVP. And I think that people, now that he's in L.A., I think he's going to take a drop back statistically. I don't think he's going to – he's still going to play hard night in and night out, but he's not going to have to give as much effort as he did last year. So I think he might take a drop back statistically. It probably won't be much, but I see him winning the award just because it's his first year in L.A. Yeah, it's his first year in L.A., and if he had the season – so let's say he was in L.A. last season and he had the year he had, there's no way he wouldn't have won MVP. Um, But Anthony Davis, if I wasn't thinking it would be based off things like that, I think 100% he stays healthy. I mean, look at the numbers he put up after DeMarcus Cousins got hurt. It was insane. The guy can just literally fill up the stat sheet, get a triple-double. And the triple-double with blocks. I mean, he can get you 10 blocks in a game. 40, 10, and 10. Like, it's crazy what he can do. Yeah. And if he can stay healthy, I mean, it's it, no-brainer in my mind he could, he, you he know. just hired a new agent, too. Possible yeah. future pacer, I hope. Yeah. That would be insanity if we had Anthony Davis. Keep, th- keep wishing. They're sweating talking about Anthony Davis, guys. I mean, it is perspiration. They're just – heart rates are up. I mean – I would love to see him in Pacers uniform. I don't know if you guys believe in any of the fancy stats that go around, but I think Anthony Davis has three of the top five greatest warps of all time. And just the little times he's he's played, which I thought was crazy, and I don't even know what that stat means, but I know that's pretty good. That's a great name. Yeah, yeah. All right, next up we're getting into teams now, so nothing about individual players. Now I want to start off with the basics. There are six divisions in the NBA. I want you to name the winner from each division. 
So you got Atlantic, Central, <laughs> Southeast. Hawks give me the look like maybe I should go first. In the East, you got yeah, Northwest, got okay. Pacific, and Southwest in the West. I'm not going to hit on these too hard. Uh, yeah, you don't, I don't need much details. Atlantic, just... Celtics, easy. Central, Pacers, super easy. Southeast. <laughs> That's a tough one. It's the Wizards, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and I think the Hornets would be the ones to challenge them. Whoa. And those are my East. For the West, Pacific, we got the Warriors. Southwest, the Rockets. Northwest, the Thunder. We have the exact same division champs. Perfect. So, so. Um, yeah, I think we can move on. Um, the only, like you said, Washington Wizards. That's the only one I had a hard time yeah. looking at. But that division is so it's uh, it's shaky. it's just absolutely a shame. So, all right, moving on. Now I want your final standings, one through eight, in both the East and the Western Conference. Jake, why don't you start with the West? West number one seeded Golden State Warriors. No shock. Two uh, Houston Rockets. No shock. Um, three. I actually. I'm. Jeez. I. I've. Nah, I don't even know what I want to say because I think there's like five or six yep. teams that could be three. I'm gonna go Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I just tried to do some research on their schedule and it looked like they didn't have a ton of just terrible back to back. So I went o- OKC Thunder. Then I have four Portland Trailblazers. I think I like them a lot more than everybody else. Uh, but I just believe in Damian Lillard. And I like what they did. Uh, they, they've tried to work that salary cap problem out. And I still would not bet against them uh, getting Jimmy Butler for this year too. So uh, Utah Jazz, awesome, awesome. Uh, just a great team. Well coached. Um, Donovan Mitchell taking that next step up. Rudy Gobert in the post. Lakers at six. Uh, seven San Antonio Spurs. I just, Greg Popovich, I don't think they fall that far down. Uh, they did it without Kawhi. Now you add DeMar DeRozan. I think that's great. Then number eight, I'm going to I'm gonna stick with the Pelicans, although I want to say the Nuggets, but you guys have convinced me that Anthony Davis is, is going to be a star this year, so that's my eight. This will be the first year Anthony Davis is a star. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, like above and beyond, like, superstar level i mean he hasn't won a mvp yet and he's obviously one of the three to four best players in the league so you guys convinced me to go pelicans over uh nuggets because he's gonna have to be amazing this year if the pelicans are gonna make the playoffs is that fair yeah okay for sure all right so my top three is the exact same as yours we got warriors rockets thunder and i can see chris's look he doesn't like the thunder pick from either of us he hates more just bias yeah uh, I, I hate them. Non-biased, but, you know, whatever the word is I think for they're it. a better team than the Jazz right now. And I think the Lakers at five for me, I think that's that's fair and reasonable. Uh, and then I got the Pelicans at six, the Anthony Davis Magic. Trailblazers at seven, and you can't leave out Pop. I got eight Spurs. Uh, I agree with you. They're going to be fine. So you guys have the same eight teams? That's weird. Same eight teams. I didn't, I, Denver was the one I was, yeah, I was hard Denver on. Denver for but, me as well. You know, screw it. Denver's yeah. out. Let's I mean, who do you it. take out? I know it's. Tough. I would have taken out the Pelicans, but obviously you're higher on the Pelicans than me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if Anthony Davis goes down for even ten games, I don't see them winning. Yeah. If, Jazz, if if Gobert goes out, I think the Jazz. You know, if they yeah. that's. A I mean, they were they didn't play well without him, and then he came back and they exactly. won There's all those such games. Such a fine line in the West. It's, I mean, one crazy. injury, and, and I'm not even talking like a major injury, like a five six game injury, eight games like we had to deal with last year with Oladipo. Yeah. I mean, that's the difference between making it and missing it in the West. All right. I'm going to start out in the East now. Celtics one, obviously. Raptors two for me. And then I got Pacers three, Sixers four, Bucks five, Wizards six, Heat seven. And I got the Cavs at eight. As Whoa. It's my team. That, it's between the Cavs, the Pistons, or some other crap teams down there. Hornets maybe. The Hornets maybe. That, that Those are my teams. Okay. No questions. Um, no, I'm just, again, I, I haven't been as high on Toronto as everybody else, but I have Boston 1, mm-hmm. 76ers 2. I just think they have a little more juice. Um, and I also don't think it's super important for the Pacers to get the 2 seed. Like I, You want to get the 1 seed, but if you're, you know, after the 1, you just don't want to be 4, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because for the 4-5 matchup, you never want that. But um, So Boston 1, Philly 2, Pacers 3, uh, Toronto 4. I'm actually a little bit higher on the Washington Wizards after doing some background uh, info on that. John Wall obviously didn't didn't have the season we all thought last year, so I think he's going to come back strong. Bucks six, Miami Heat seven is a possible Jimmy Butler place, and then number eight is the Detroit Pistons. 
Also, just thought about this in the West. We didn't even talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves, so are we just completely counting them out? I think there's they're way screwed. too much turmoil. Okay, they're okay. Screwed. No, that's Jimmy fair. Will be I just thought of that in my head because I said Jimmy Butler again. Yeah. So, one more thing about the Wizards too. Future guest on the podcast, Jan Mahinmi. He's now shooting threes. Whoa! Yeah, he's making Can't wait threes. to ask him about that. Yeah. So how did that happen? You, you got Jan Mahinmi confirmed? Yeah, so Jan Mahinmi, uh, we don't a have a date fan. set yet, but he just started liking, and he followed us on Instagram there for a minute. I don't know if he still does, but he has, like, liked all of our posts, and he commented on one. Yeah. So I had uh, been sending him messages, you know, like little, you know, like, hey, what's up, Jan? Big fan. Love you on the podcast. Because he'd be a great interview. We haven't got a pacer from that era yet. So it would be great to talk to him. And, you know, I think I sent him three or four messages. And finally he responded back. So we don't have a date set. But Jan Mahimi will be joining the podcast. And I can't wait to ask him about his three-point shooting practice. That will be great topic to discuss. This will be a good time to break out my French on the podcast. I'm just going to come in with tout Pokemon and I'm going to say je m'appelle Eric and then we'll just go from there. I, I know like six sayings and I'll try to communicate We're going to him. international with the podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so no set date on that. He told us he would get back with us so maybe he'll forget but I'll still send him messages. So next up, conference finals matchup in both conferences. The good stuff. I think it's Jake's turn. Go. Sure. Uh, Boston Celtics, number one seed in the East, versus the Indiana Pacers, number three seed. Uh, West, not just going super chalk there. Golden State Warriors, one, versus the Houston Rockets, number two. I have the exact same thing, so a lot of drama. We didn't we didn't plan this. We did not, actually. We just kind of got together. And... I'm going to take out the Rockets in mine, just to make this interesting, and I'm just going to throw in the Lakers, just for, just for drama and fun. And if I'm right, I'm right. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But... You can't tell me that you don't think LeBron could go to the Western Conference Finals again. Like I wouldn't count LeBron I wouldn't out. never count him out in the finals. And then NBA Finals. Chris, uh, I didn't mean to step on your toes. Go there. for it. Okay, I got uh, the Warriors playing the Pacers. We're letting the home guys go. We're going seven with them too. I think. Holy. I, think I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna upset them in seven. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm saying right now. Pacers and seven NBA Finals. Oh we're gonna gosh. have a hell of a June, boys. I'm telling you, we're gonna have a oh, hell of a June. You heard it here first on the Born Ready to Pod podcast. The Pacers, <laughs> oh, according to Hawk, oh, the Pacers will win the NBA Finals oh, in seven. I cuss. We'll edit that out. Um, just kidding. But Golden State Warriors versus the Boston Celtics. I just can't get there with the Pacers. I pray to God I'm the one that's wrong. I would do anything for Hawk to be right and for me to be wrong. Anything. Yes. I, I, I would do some pretty bad things for the Pacers to be the champions. So I have Golden State winning, so I'm the chalkiest of chalk predictors. There you go. Who are your I finals see. MVPs? Uh, Boogie Depot. Cousins. Oldie's going to average 28. Seven and eight, and he's going to take home the finals MVP. I don't. I think in order for us to beat the Golden State Warriors, he's going to have to average like thirty nine, thirty. He's going to have a game where he gets forty, and then he'll have a game where we win and he gets like twenty one. That's going to be like the <laughs> Bojan game. We've seen I'm that. telling you right now, if this happens, you literally heard it here first. <laughs> literally, <laughs> maybe only heard it here. Period. And the Colts are still making the playoffs. I'm also declaring that as well. Oh gosh. <laughs> All right, that wraps up our NBA NBA awards. Next up, just Pacer-specific awards. I'm going to ask you about four questions for awards that you predict for the, some of the Pacers this season. First off, we'll start off with best player. So, so that, What are we doing? I didn't even see this part of the sheet. Best player. Pa- just Pacers. The Pacers' best player. Yes. Wow, that's tough. I guess I'll just have to say Victor Oladipo on this one. Uh, I'm going to also say Victor Oladipo. I don't think we need to waste second best. Second best player would yeah. be better, I think. Second best player? Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Yikes. It's, there's kind of a bunch of guys that are just there. pretty good. I mean, I guess I'll say Miles Turner just because he has the most potential. On the year, based on what I saw last year, second best player for me I'm gonna have to say Domas. I feel like he. Came I actually in, like that pick. A he lot. came in and he just certified that second unit, and then the times he got in the first unit, I mean, he he played extremely well, and he rebounds great. So I, I'm gonna say Domas, second most important player, I'd say. All right, next up, Hawk. I think you answered this earlier with your NBA most improved. So if you have a different answer here, then that's gonna be you know kind of very conflicting. Most improved <laughs> player on the Pacers this year, Miles Turner. 
the year we put it all together. Everything comes full circle. The hot yoga pays off. The time's in the gym, just late nights, sweating his balls off. It's going to be Miles Turner. You can take it to the bank. Yeah, I have Turner as well. On I was sheet, hoping you would but, say Domas. Comma, comma, I'm actually going to go with the wildest of wild cards here and I say TJ Leaf. Um, because <laughs> everyone's looking at me like I'm crazy, but this is great. Um, because, honestly, he has the most room to improve of anybody that's – could yep. possibly get minutes. I mean, he went from the skinny little dude that just couldn't bang with anybody. He's looked good. I hate – I mean, I don't hate to say it, but he's looked pretty good on rebounding. He's had a lot of trash buckets in the first couple of exhibition games. And I think he's just the, the type of guy that's just going to keep working. So, I think in terms of where he was at this year to where he's going to be, I'm going to say TJ Leaf, which is like – this is I'm using the middle school coach logic where you like pick the absolute worst of the worst. And uh, great throw by Carson Wentz, um, but that's okay. Yeah, so I will go TJ Leaf. All right, next up, and you kind of asked this question earlier, but I'm going to add another guy to it. So most likely to win an NBA award this year, you asked, and this can include McMillan as well. So you asked Miles Turner or McMillan. So add Oladipo in there, uh, defensive player MVP. Who do you think Tyreek is most is likely? Six-man. And Tyreek is six man. Who do you think out of those, you know, four or five guys that, and coach? is most likely to win an award? Uh, the only person that I had winning award for the Pacers in my predictions is Nate McMillan, so i got to go Nate McMillan. I would love to see Tyreek be the sixth man of the year. I'm going to go Miles because I really don't think he needs to do that much to win most improved player. Like He's got to stop getting four rebound games. If he, gets, if he averages eight rebounds on the year, he keeps shooting the way he does, and he's actually legit in the paint, I think he, it's his to lose. If he takes those steps that he needs to take in what is this fifth year, fourth, fourth year, yeah, my bad, and uh, yeah, I think it's Miles because I think he doesn't have to do, he doesn't have to get that much better to win it. It's right there. All right. Next up, I have two awards that uh, we have made up here on the podcast. Number one is going to be, and we're going to take this, steal this from Quinn Buckner, the great Quinn Buckner. We're going to call it the Smothered Chicken Award. <laughs> Who will be the Pacers' top defensive player this year? The guy that you put in there that you know is going to get you a defensive stop in crunch time that you need. Could be a big guy, wing player. Who do you think will be their best defensive stopper? That's tough. <laughs> I think it's – if Miles is going to win MIP, it's Miles. Because there was a point last year when he played, he was leading the NBA in blocks per game over Anthony Davis, over DeAndre Jordan, over these guys that get him consistently. So if he plays at that level and he can change what – other teams are doing in the paint with its athleticism. I think for me, it's going to be smile chick, smothered chicken, Miles Turner. Welcome to the NBA, my friend. I think it's and it's only fitting. And don't forget, Oladipo was first team All NBA yeah, defense last year. I think year. I got to go, Victor Oladipo. It's fine. That's fair. Um, the, the only and literally the only reason I'm going with him over Miles Turner. You make a very compelling argument for Miles Turner being the smothered chicken award. You're most likely to get a smothered chicken from Miles Turner, yeah. right? So I love the pick. Um, I just think it's kind of obviously a guard dominating dominating league here. Um, so I'm going to go with a guy most likely to guard the other team's best player in crunch time. That's literally the yeah. only reason I go Oladipo. Not a bad pick to pick an all defensive player. Pretty yeah. quickly. it's a very bold pick, <laughs> isn't it? All right, last award that we have here on the podcast. This one is actually named after myself because when I was young and I would watch Pacers games. I think I broke at least two remotes, remote controls uh, by, you know, just a regular season game they lost in crunch time, and I threw my remote because I was pissed. So this is the Remote Breaker Award. I want you to tell me which player on the team this year is going to make you the most angry. This is easy. That uh, young. Exactly. He's, he's, he's just going to miss he's so many layups. So many layups just, I'm going to be chucking stuff at the TV. It's it's, just, He's going to have his good games, and he's going to have his games where he, he can't make a layup, and I'm going to be tossing remotes for sure. All right, who would, who would be second then? Because <laughs> you guys both said that really fast. Yeah, it's – I last year for me, the other guy – gosh dang it. <laughs> Probably Lance. I, yeah, well, but sometimes was. you're breaking the remote with Lance because you're just throwing it up in the yeah, air. Yeah, and just so, you don't years. know what your emotions are. I'm going to say Miles Turner for me because yeah. last year if I literally was just staring at Miles Turner at points just like – how are you not even trying for this rebound? You know, why are we standing so far away from the basket? Like, just utter just nonsense. So I'll say Miles Turner, remote breaker. Um, Thad Young is by far and away the easiest answer because he blows the most layups I've ever seen. 
I mean, it's craziness. Yeah. I, I just couldn't even fathom it. Two great picks. And uh, if I had to pick another dark horse on the Pacers, I can't pick Miles. Uh, I'll say Derek Collison. Just because I want him to do so much more, I just know he can't. You know, if he has a bad game shooting or he just does everything, like, okay. You know, he doesn't do anything exceptional. So if I see something that I think he should have done, I'm going to chuck a remote or two. So. <laughs> All right, fair <laughs> enough. So any more final thoughts before we wrap up this NBA preview episode? The first NBA preview episode ever on the Born Ready to Pod podcast. Final thoughts? I can't wait for the season. And we're going to – I think we're splitting league pass. We are. That's we are splitting good. league pass. Um so we're, we're serious. And I got the two. I, I got the two like TV, big screen TVs in my room. Okay. So it's like one game of choice now. Yeah. The other Pacers and life couldn't be much better. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm very excited for the Pacers. Obviously, if the Colts lose next week, I'm just going to be so devastated. All I'm going to care about is going to be the Pacers. So I, I need sports. I need positivity. I need winning. So I'm excited. Yep, now we're getting into the best time of the year where you have basketballs back, footballs on, mm-hmm. and then you also have hockey that just started. And, so and college football, baseball. Yeah, and baseball's <laughs> at its peak. So I mean, everything is literally going on. So yeah, this is one of the best months for. It's sports. It's a great month for couch salesmen. They got to just be going through the roof. Yeah. Couch and TVs. Yeah. yeah, love it. All right, well that's gonna wrap up our NBA preview episode. Thanks for tuning in. Looking forward to the NBA season with you guys. We're gonna have a lot of cool things on here going through the season. Uh, we have the around the association segment. Ooh. We're going to have several interviews, and each week we're going to be giving you guys updates on the games for the Pacers and all over the NBA, not just the Pacers. Obviously, we focus specifically on the Pacers, but we're going to talk all things NBA, so make sure you join us. We're going to be doing this on a weekly basis like we have been, just recording, talking about what's happened in the past week and then things coming up. So stay tuned. We'll have some great things coming for you during the season and looking forward to embarking on the first season on the Born Ready to Pod with you guys. Can't wait. Yep, and uh (laughs) – if you need something to do, go see A Star is Born. They're not paying me for this ad, but it's a great movie, and I almost cried. All right. Well, <laughs> what a way to end it. What a way to end that. All right. What a way to end it. We'll see you guys next week for the next episode of Born Ready to Pod. Thanks for tuning in. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered Internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home... Yes, cool. ...or attending one live... You can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.